You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Chris Barsby's about to link up with us a heap of guests this morning on Thursday's edition of Mobile Rolling. But Brad Steele's filed a report regarding the announcement. A new Chief Executive or Chief Operating Officer at the Creek, Albion Park. Thanks very much, Steve and Chris. And yes, this morning I'm um, very pleased to announce the appointment of Ken Rutherford as the new Chief uh, Operating Officer of the Creek Albion Park Harness Racing Club. Um, Ken comes with great uh, experience, a former CEO of the Hawkesbury Racing Club and also CEO of the Waikato Racing Club back in New Zealand. But many would also probably recall Ken as uh, captain and player of the New Zealand cricket team uh, back in the 90s. And I think he played... Uh, international cricket for some 10 years uh, and Ken's also got great experience in sports governance roles, racing administration I've just outlined, deep knowledge around wagering but also some good media experience. Uh, he worked for Sky Sports in New Zealand commentating on cricket and also hosted his own radio show uh, and also Ken's uh, the author of two books uh, that he wrote back in uh, the 90s as well and at this stage we hope to get Ken started at the creek on the 4th of September and we can't wait to get him on board and starting hitting more sixes for Queensland Harness Racing. We'll have to get him on the air one day, won't we, Brad, over the coming weeks. That's Brad Steele. So Ken Rutherford, former Test cricketer, um, basically played from 85 right through to 95, born in Dunedin, the new Chief Operating Officer at Albion Park. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. All right. Well, uh, it sounds like he's got a great, great experience behind him and... Let's hope he leads the ship in the right direction there at the creek because a lot of changes are taking place, as we well know. Yeah, that's right, Steve. It's a big job. It's a, it's a big job given what's in front of us. Uh, as we know, Albion Park is set to, to close uh, sooner rather than expected. There's uncertainty with the future of harness racing with the closure of Albion Park, nor will yet to turn soil there. So it's a big job in front of him. So that's just one project. The Inter-Dominion, which is under the leadership of Racing Queensland, less than four months away, so obviously Ken's going to have to play a role there, given that the series is being hosted at Albion Park, so he'll have to be hands-on in that respect. And there's a number of other issues as well. Building the, uh, the, the constellations, we're coming out of a very successful carnival just recently. They want to build on that for next year. Uh, so there's plenty at, uh, at stake as far as uh, work is concerned, so he's going to have to come in, roll the sleeves up and get cracked. ASAP. Who have we got first, Chris? First guest. Well, I just want to sort of paint the picture here for you, Steve. This guy that's about to join us now is an absolute gun. There's no doubt about it. Um, over 2,200 victories as a driver, 30 Group 1 wins. He's driven horses like Ladies in Red, Copy That, I'm the Mighty Quinn. That's just a few. And he's not even 40 years of age yet, Steve. So that just shows the capabilities this guy has got. As I said, he's a, he's a total stud. And uh, he's got a big book of drives coming through tomorrow night at Bendigo. Bendigo is set to host this mammoth program. All these Nutrien Equine Classic finals coming through for two and three-year-olds. And he's got a, uh, a super book of drives. We're talking about Nathan Jack and he joins us now. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, listeners. Couple of nice ones that you've sat behind there. Yeah, there's a couple of nice ones, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you take them every day of the week. Hey, tell me, first and foremost, school captain, this is one of your star performers. 
Um, you made it very clear very early that you weren't going to uh, chase a spot uh, with the Eureka. Are you happy with that decision? Yeah, I am, Chris. I, like, I just, I'm in awe of a horse like Leap to Fame and that, and I just, well, you know, he's got a big, big season, big end of the season at home with the Vic Bread and the Derby and then the Breeders' Crown and then early on next season to Chariot. So it's just too much for him, I think, and he can he can go in that race next year if, if uh, that all happens to work out. Okay, so talking about the Tab Eureka, we're less than a month away. Is Leap to Fame your pick? If you got to drive any horse in that race, is Leap to Fame your pick? Oh, definitely, yeah. I think everyone would be wanting to drive him if they got a choice, yeah. Not taking away, anything away from any of the others. I just think he's a clear standout. All right. Before I talk about some of your drives tomorrow night, a couple of others that I want to just talk about because your stable is just littered with class right now. I believe. How far away is she? Uh, she's probably two or three weeks off a trial. Yeah, she's working up quite good. Quite happy with her at the minute. Yep. What's the main target with her? Uh, the Breeders' Challenge. That'll be the main target. And then whether we go in the Breeders' Crown or miss it and get ready for the Sydney Oaks, so that's sort of something we're going to weigh up at the end of it. But, um, yeah, Breeders' Challenge. We'll put everything into the Breeders' Challenge. All right. Violet Stanford is a two-year-old trotting filly that you've got. Two for two. How do you rate this filly? I love this one. This is my favourite one, probably. Um, yeah, got a real big opinion of her. Um, she's had two two trials back. She's ready to race, but there's sort of not many races on for her. She'll go around at Shep in a couple of weeks. I think there's an Abraham's Classic just before the size. But, um, yeah, really, really excited about this one. All right. Chart Toppy had produced last night, already a Group 1 winner this year. He took out the Bathurst Gold Crown. He was run over last night. Were you disappointed? Yeah, I was disappointed. Um, there was a couple of excuses. Um, he was a bit underdone and he was probably just a bit casual. We might make a gear change. Um, in saying that, I know every start he's had is led, but he's heaps better with a trail. So trainer and driver error, and um, we'll go back again in a fortnight. We'll go to the trials and then go to the big bread heats, but uh, I'm sure he'll be much sharper next time. All right. Give me an update on the Carlos Pixel Colt that, that was bought for $270,000. How's he progressing? Yeah, really nice. He was a really good mover. Done everything we asked. Um, he's back out in the paddock now. He'll come back in in the next sort of two or three weeks. But really like him. I um, think we've got a nice group of young ones this year and he's probably the top of the tree. All right. Still a cult? Yes, I won't be allowed to go on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, let's focus on Bendigo tomorrow night. Number of good drives here. And we start with a, a really interesting filly, Belnese, who goes around in this three-year-old trotting fillies final. Um, she probably just got it all wrong there. She looked as green as a billiard table at Kilmore in the heat. Can, can she bounce back and take this final? I think she can. Uh, another one that I've got a massive wrap on, um, you know, I sort of never she never gave me any of that, that sort of indication she'd do that at the trials and went to the races and just got completely lost and done everything wrong um went back to the trials on sunday morning and there was a gear change did get a little bit fierce but but trialed quite good um so i think the camp are going to make another gear change but they're really happy with how she's pulled up i was talking to anton this morning um they're happy with her and yeah i, I just think um She's got unbelievable speed, this filly, and if she can, if her manners can get it right, I think she'll be the one that they'll be all looking for late. All right. So the second row draw might be a blessing then, by the sound of it? I think so, Chris. Yeah, I think it's actually good. 
Okay, well, that's Bill Neige going around race two. Race three, the locomotive. He took all before him last season. He was awesome. He was first up in the heat, finishing fourth, but it was a nice, pleasing return, allowed to just find the line. What are the expectations with the final tomorrow night? Yeah, we'll put all our legs in one basket, I think, this week and just drive him like the best one and try and lead and just stride along. And I know he's going to get a bit of pressure from the one outside in Prince of Rock, and it looks quite impressive as well. But uh, I think this horse can probably lead and go two minutes or a tick under, and if anything can beat him doing that, well, they deserve to beat him. OK. Just the difference uh, from when, you know, you've sat behind him this season compared to last season. Has he filled up, thickened up? He has. He's a great-looking horse. Um, he's bred to be a champion, and he's unbelievable-looking horse. Um, you know, it's hard for them to stand out juveniles. You know, there's a lot of pressure on them, and they've got to keep improving. And whoever he's may not have improved as much as some of the others, we'll find out on Friday night. All right. Race four, Ignite the Fire. She was able to lead and win her heat. Uh, you are able to get away with uh, Grand Larceny out in front there. You come up against Luxa Turner now in the final, who didn't have to go around in the heat. So... Is she capable of taking the final? Nah, she's not, to be honest with you, Kusa. Luxa Turner's a very good filly, and um, my filly's just a filly, but she's good enough to be there, and she won the heat. And, if, you know, if all things go right, she can probably earn in the final. But, um, nah, she, I can't see her figure in um, beating Ricky's, that's for sure. OK. Race five, three-year-old filly's final here. Ludicrous. She's so consistent, this filly, Nathan. She never runs a bad one. Sweet Bella's the clear choice here, now running from the inside. So are you chasing minor money here? Yeah, once again, you know, she sat outside us and beat us in the heat and proved that she was way too strong for us. Um, I think I'm probably every bit as fast as it. If I can be close enough to it, I might give her a fright. Um, but I need a bit of luck and need to lob close enough to her. All right. Race six, I'm fascinated by your thoughts here because I think this shapes is probably the race of the night. This is the two-year-old Colts and Geldings. The big boss is your horse. He's had the four starts, two wins, two seconds. He got pipped in the heat last week behind Bay of Biscay, who's unbeaten. How do we sort of attack the final tomorrow night? Do we change, just change tactics a little bit, make it a little bit harder and faster this time around? Yeah, for sure, Chris. Um, you know, we made a gear change this week as well, and, yeah, we'll... we'll Sort of last week, I was surprised that uh, we ran the half in 54-2 and got beat. And all credit to the winner. He was outside me and gave me a head start. But, um, yeah, this week we'll have to make it a lot tougher for him. And whether he can still beat me or not, I don't know. But I can guarantee one thing, the last quarter won't be uh, 26. OK. It looks a race in two, though. They, they look very, very good, these two uh, two-year-olds. Yeah, it does look a racing too, you know. You'd expect mine to find the front at some stage and you'd expect Babiscay to be outside me at some stage as well, but you'd expect them probably to clear out. And, um, yeah, you know, it's going to be a great race and they, they look two very exciting colts going forward, that's for sure. All right, just a random one. The Big Boss or Chart Topper, which one sort of has the uh, the top seed within the stable? I would have said Chart Topper until this morning, so yeah, <laughs> I'll, jump, I'll jump ship now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Three-year-old Colts and Geldings final. You picked up the drive on Fashion Icon. This is going to be a good race. It's loaded with class. Petrarca's set to run favourite here. Can Fashion Icon run a place? Uh, I don't think so. He's going to need a lot of luck. Um, he's very green. Um, Amanda's got a, quite a big opinion of him, um, so he must show a fair bit. He probably hasn't shown the public what she thinks of him, but uh, I think in six months' time he's going to be a pretty nice horse, but... Um, you know, Petrarca's a great horse. Captain Hammerhead was huge 
last week. I think he's the one to beat. Okay. And the other race that I wanted to ask about, uh, the two-year-old trotting Colts and Geldings final, Val Thorens comes up with gate one. Uh, you were beaten by the Sydney Colt, Valtino. Can you turn the tables here? I think I can. I just know how much Anton's will improve. Um, he'd only, he was very inexperienced when he went to Kilmore and I know that he'll be a lot sharper this week. And if, if we can get our manners right, I think uh, he's the one that they'll be scared of late as well. I think um, he's got a good future this one going forward. All right. Speaking of Anton and good trotters, he's got Cravash Door. If he gets back to his best, is there a trotter that's better than him in Australia uh, when he's absolutely on song? Well, I don't think so. Like, in the size and that, you're on 156 something and just tough in 55 something and just done it like so easy and the red uh the derby was the same you know i, I think he's an outstanding horse and uh, it's just a shame he got sick at the wrong time because you would have seen him in queensland and he's probably going to miss most of this season which is going to hurt me and him but uh, i think if he can get him back to his best um, i'm sure that i'm sure that he's going to be like a great sudden star horse and in in it right up to his eyes Okay, we've got the end of Dominion coming up at the end of the year, December. Are we any chance of seeing Nathan Jack driving in either the pacing or trotting series? Well, I hope to get up there. I need a holiday, Chris, so I'll have to try and find a horse to take or find one to drive. So, yeah, I'd hope to be up there. Don't worry, I'm already working on you for next year for the carnival. Going through all those horses, there's a number of nice races that we can sort of pencil you in for, including the Rising Sun, the Derby. There's a few nice ones, the Great Square with uh, Violet Stanford, maybe. So I've got you penciled in for a holiday next July. Well, don't pencil me in. Put it in impermanent because I'll be there. Right, eh? We'll take the tip with that one. I hey, really appreciate the time this morning. Good luck tomorrow night. Number of good drives. So uh, hopefully everything goes your way. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, Chris. And Nathan Jack joining us. Chris, that horse he mentioned, I just want to write it down, that's going to race that he's got a really big opinion of in a couple of weeks. Uh, Violet Stanford. Violet Stanford, OK. She's a two-year-old trotting filly. She's two for two. So, uh, yeah, that's the one that we've got to keep following. Mm, I will be. Don't worry about that, given his comments. So Ricky Thurlow's with us. Ricky, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, just a bit of um, news first and foremost. Kingmaker, who raced against Leap to Fame last week, did did he come out of that race with a little issue? Yeah, unfortunately, he got a spiral fracture of his uh, near side cannon bone uh, in behind. So uh, he's currently up at Gatton Uni and uh, they're going to screw it um, tomorrow. It's disappointing. That's disappointing. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a lovely, lovely horse and uh, he, he would have... He would have been great to uh, race up here over the next few months. And then, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that um, he'd done that in the run Saturday night. So he's, his run was a lot better than what we what we first, first thought. But um, two yeah. nice horses beat him home all the same. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, he would have been amongst the nominations for the end of the Minion series, given how he performed uh, throughout the recent couple of months during the carnival. So that that is disappointing. Hey, a couple of really good drives for you coming up on Saturday night that I just wanted to go through with you. The Grog Father, that's your first drive, race three, number three. He loomed a win last week. He's He seems like he's got a few tricks, this horse. How do you sort of gauge this guy? Yeah, well, uh, Lenny drove him last week and um, he gave him a good trip and, and to be honest, I, I thought he would win in the run. Um, I drove another one of ours. Um, but 2100 is probably not ideal for him. Uh, miles more he's go. 
he's a he's a bit of a hot horse, you know. He he um, he fires up a little bit, um, but touch wood, we have him under control at the moment, and um, and his work's been good, and and his races have been quite good. So I expect the forward showing on Saturday night. Okay, coming up with a good draw and back at a mile, so that's probably the key point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Miles, Miles uh, suits him. You know, he's, he's quick off the gate, so you know everything's everything's there for him Saturday night. So if he's good enough, he he should go close. All right, race six, Seabreeze Solitaire, a former Kiwi mare, came across with a neat little record. Um, didn't fire first up. What are we expecting this Saturday night? Uh, well, she's a funny funny mare. She came over um, from New Zealand and and she's been up here for quite a while um and we gave her a couple of trials which were okay uh we we made a little gear adjustment for her first start and um i thought she raced quite well um considering you know she drew bad i just went back and and up the fence but um she hit the line good she hasn't got a good draw on saturday night but um hopefully she's coming around the right way and um in those mares races i think she'll win She'll win it. She'll pick up one of them. Um, but, you know, it all depends on the draws. And at the moment, if you're not on the fence at Albion Park, you're, you're struggling. Why is that your case, you reckon? No idea. No idea. But uh, uh, Leap to Fame is probably the only one that doesn't need to be on the fence at the moment. But uh, <laughs> every other horse has to be. Um, Chris, you yeah. got a thought on oh, that? I, oh, I just think it comes down to tempo. Yeah, like, they do race. The go flat biggie, flat biggie yeah. these days. So, um, yeah, so you need to be on the fence, and it's hard to make ground wide around that corner anyway. But um, yeah, it's more so now, I suppose, because they are going so far. Yeah, and that's another reason, Steve. If we go with Norwell, that uh, that last turn's got to be well cambered because uh, just to give those horses back in the field a chance to run into it. So uh, we'll see if that gets uh, picked up on. Hey, another one that's got a tough draw for you on Saturday night, Ricky, is Noble Trick. But gee, he was an eye catcher last week. He he attacked the line really strong. Were you happy with him? Yeah, I have been happy with him actually. He's um, he's a very fast horse. Um, like you can use him off the gate if he draws handy, but um, unfortunately he hasn't drawn handy the couple of times I've driven him, and uh, probably just got to go back, slot in, and, and try and get a good trip. But um, yeah, both both his starts that I've driven him, he's he's got the line really well, and I think on any of those two starts, had he have got had he have got a split up the straight, um, he he could have well won both of them. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, he, he's been really impressive his last couple of starts, but that run last week was super. So tough draws, so just needs that little bit of luck. What about Soviet Stunner in race eight? Uh, she was fourth last week. Uh, she's going well. She hasn't been far away at her last four or five starts now. So is she a winning chance here? Yeah, I thought I thought her run last Saturday night was really good. Um, you know, she sat 1-1. She had a good trip in the race. But uh, once again, you know, around the last corner, the... One, two, three along the fence who were starting to get away from us and uh, I had to sort of make a run off the track. Um, only been three wide, but once she balanced up, she hit the line really good. Um, yeah, I'd probably, you know, drawn five tomorrow, probably look to use a gate speed a little bit more tomorrow, um, Saturday night. All right. Well, she's a chance there, Soviet Stunner. And race nine, this is the open stand race. Max Shard is your drive here. Last start winner, that came on Black's a fake nine. He's got to start off a 20-metre handicap. But if he goes like he did last time out, he can round these up. 
Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the free for all didn't stand up um, this week. But he's uh, he, he likes the stands. He, he's uh, raced in the Redcliffe Cup last year, and um, you know he, he's very competitive off the stand. And and the way the the way the handicaps are, you know, there's a horse like uh, Colt Thirty One that's drawn beside me. Um, there's a couple in front of me, but it's a small field. He shouldn't be too far away. And as you say, he's um, he's going well, and he should be close enough. To be yeah, that, that, uh, competitive. Yeah, that's the big plus in it. The small field. I know it's twenty one hundred. You'd probably like it over the twenty six hundred. But given that it's a small field, it, it gives him a really good chance to get into the race quickly. It does. It does, and he steps well. Um, he, he's quick off the stand. You know, uh, it, it's good that the, he's only off twenty because if he was off thirty, it makes it that bit harder. But 20 metres is a winnable mark, um, and hopefully he gets a good trip and he's close enough in the top of the straight and he'd be hard to beat. All right. Well, a number of good drives there on Saturday night for you. How many are, are still here, the McCarthy horses? How many are working right now? Uh, currently doing 14 at the minute. Um, got a few babies there. I've got like nine race horses, a few babies, but uh, there's still a couple here spelling, expensive egos. And Rocker Coco is still spelling, so um, they'll go home in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Now, breeding season's not too far away, so it's going to be busy for you again. Yep. Yeah, first foal's due in the uh, 25th of August. So, um, yeah, so once that kicks off, we'll be uh, we'll be pretty busy. But, um, yeah, our racing numbers generally quieten down a little bit over that period. But... Um, yeah, I think we'll still have a few racing this year, so um, see how we go. All right. Hey, just a quick one. Just with Norwell, what size track would you like to see built there if they do build there? Uh, I actually, I, I actually like a thousand metre track. Um, yeah. And the racing at the minute is yeah, you see over the carnival. You know, it was exciting racing. There was a lot of moves. You know, um, thousand metre tracks good enough if they build it right. Um, you know, you've got to have you've got to have it cambered right so you can make ground on the corners. But I'd be happy with a thousand metre track. All right. And you've been everywhere. You've raced in North America, so you've seen all those tracks up there, and you've been right throughout New South Wales. So a thousand metres, tick of approval. Yep. Yeah. Be happy with a thousand. Um, you know, sometimes you can go too big, um, and the racing gets a little boring. But um, I think at the moment, and you see the. The way the racing is at the minute, you know, they go plenty of moves happening and still racing fast enough on a thousand metre track. Yep, fair enough. I really appreciate the time, Ricky. We'll see you trackside on Saturday night. Thanks, Chris. Anytime. Ricky Thurlow joining Chris Barnes. We're just repeating the news that was announced at the start that Ken Rutherford, former Test batsman for New Zealand, is going to be the Chief Operating Officer there at Albion Park. 56 Test matches. He's worked for the Hawkesbury Race Club, born in Dunedin. He's also worked for the Waikato Race Club. He's involved in tally track. He's got international experience as well. So, as I said, we'll get to Ken Rutherford on the show, Chris, at some stage. Maddie Young from WA is joining us now. Maddie, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Uh, how did you go last Friday night? I thought it was a big tick of approval. So uh, how did you enjoy the experience doing all racing there last week at Gloucester Park? Yeah, it was um, it was a really enjoyable night. Um, yeah, it's, I always walk away from meetings thinking I can do better. So a few areas I'd like to improve on. But at the same time, I was really happy to be there and um, walked away thinking 
I called well enough over the 10 races. So, yeah, I was, I was happy with it. And it was just really, really cool to be there. I was told Excellent. you didn't walk away. You're, you're still there. You locked the door. <laughs> <laughs> I did set up my sleeping bag when I arrived and locked the door. To me. But, uh, no, Richie's, Richie's been welcomed back. All right. Uh, just a couple of the highlights from last week. Peter Petrify was able to take out the Higgins. He's going to start again tomorrow night. He's in really good form, isn't he? He is in really good form. He had a nice card up into the race. He's a bit of a funny horse, Peter Petrify, because uh, he looked like he was going to win that by about two or three lengths at the top of the straight, and then he just sort of waited for them. So he only does what he has to do, and it's a good test for him tomorrow night. He comes up with barrier number one. So uh, he is racing well, but a really tough uh, assignment for him tomorrow. All right. Steve and I were talking yesterday about the Eureka. So there's not too many slots left. We've got um, Wayne Loader, who's either going to pick his own horse, Rip, or Tim's a trooper. This is my opinion, and that leaves John Singleton. He's got his race coming up. I said to Steve yesterday, I think he's going to go with Wonderful to Fly, given given the fact that she's a mare. He's had great success with his galloping mares in, in years gone by, but by adding Wonderful to Fly to the Eureka, being a WA horse, that just really opens up the, uh, the, the national landscape. So that means every horse uh, is representing uh, a state of Australia. So if Wonderful to Fly goes around, she's representing the West. Uh, in Cypher, South Australian owned, the Tassie horse is there. There's Queensland horse, New South Wales horse, Victoria horse. Do, do you sort of buy into my theory? Yeah, look, um, I don't I don't know John Singleson uh, and the way he thinks. So I, I, I guess you probably know more in that regard. But... Um, yeah, look, I, I think she would be a welcome addition to the race. Uh, she was just a touch disappointing last week, um, but at the same time, she hadn't had a run in five weeks and the times were just against her, so it was just impossible. So she was vetted and everything came back clear, so hopefully uh, she's heading across soon, I think in the next week, and then uh, she'll compete on the 19th in the Singo and hopefully gain a start in the uh, Eureka. So... And even if she doesn't go in a start, she'll still race on a Eureka race card because I think there's another feature race there too. So all won't be lost. But, um, yeah, it'll be, it would be amazing to see her go around in it. And, yeah, as you said, from a, a low draw, it's it's going to put her into the race because she could be three fence and sitting close to the speed, which is ideal. Nice sweeping bend, 400 metres up the straight, um, we know how fast she is, and she'll need to be at her absolute top. But uh, if Shane makes the trek across, it'll be with uh, at Chris Alford's place, and of course Chris does a fantastic job with his team, and they've been friends for a long time. So I think there's a, a lot of boxes that are being ticked, and uh, she should be ready to go come next Saturday night. All right, well, fingers crossed there. We've got 10 races tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. You're so fine, chasing five straight victories going around in race number five. Can he do it, and where do we find your best bet? He can do it in the marathon. He's got plenty of time to be able to sort of find his stride. I guess uh, I was a little bit of a query on him last week, whether he'd be able to get the win, and it was a chaotic race. But uh, looking back at the replay, I still think he was going to win that race uh, by the top of the straight. Um, he was coming wide, and he's made up a heap of ground. So uh, he's tracking in the right direction. It's a pretty competitive sort of event, but, uh, yeah, he, he looks to be pretty hard to beat. And my best bet is in race seven, number three, Street Hawks. Had the two runs back. I thought was 
Okay, last start. Master Yossi's carried the form on pretty strongly. 2,500, I think, is going to suit Street Hall perfectly, and this just looks a really suitable race for him. So, race seven, number three, Street Hall. People might be a little bit disappointed with his uh, last run, but I think he'll just get a little bit of a better price. So, race seven, number three is my best. All right, we can bounce back there with Street Hawk, race seven, number three for tomorrow night. Matty, as always, appreciate the time. We'll, tra- uh, we'll talk again next week. Cheers, guys.